Staying in Contact. I'm London Mitchell. Today, we'll take a few minutes to discuss the climate and how we can all pitch in to help fight climate change. My guest today is Robert Clark Phelps, a volunteer with the Perrysburg chapter of Citizens Climate Lobby. Let me read from Bob's recent letter to the editor of The Blade. As smoke from the Canadian wildfires shrouds the Midwest in unhealthy haze, it's inevitable that some media outlet will ask, were these fires caused by climate change? It's a simple question, but it's the wrong question. The right question is, has climate change increased the risks we face from wildfires? Climate change is one of these uh, effects that, that you could think of as what some people refer to a, a threat multiplier, right? It interacts with so many other uh, conditions in our environment. Uh, so there are some effects from climate change that are just extremely clear, right? For example, we know the polar ice cap is melting. That's that's straight out just climate change, okay? Or the sea level is rising. That's indisputably because glaciers are melting and water, um, ice, when it melts, flows into the oceans and adds to their level. And also water expands as it gets warmer and that causes sea level rise. But when you get to something as complex as wildfires, we know there are a lot of factors involved. So, for example, uh, there has been a policy for many decades in place of suppressing a lot of wildfires in the United States and in parts of Canada. So that uh, allowed a lot of fuel to build up. Tre uh, trees that otherwise would have burned in natural fires uh, were still standing and, and provided a lot of fuel for the fires that we're seeing today. Also, we know that there's a lot of development going on and people are moving into more of these wooded areas. And as we increase the amount of human presence and, and human activity in remote areas, then yeah, you're going to trigger more wildfires. But the thing that we have to keep in mind is that climate change is layered on top of all these other effects. So climate change is heating up the earth on average that's giving us more heat waves. And it means that it's drying out a lot of these forest areas, right? If they stay at, at extended periods of time at, at high temperature, then you're drying all of that fuel that's there. And so when something happens, whether it's a lightning strike or uh, a human related factor, like somebody not putting a campfire out, then you have all the elements that make for a, a catastrophic wildfire. Is there anything to be done? Well, in terms of managing the forests, yes, uh, people can do things like prescribed burns, and you're seeing a lot more of that now. You're seeing uh, a, a return to allowing fires to burn naturally when that can be done safely, when those fires are not directly threatening uh, a human uh, settlement, but we know that we also have to act on climate change. We can't do 
everything that needs to be done just by managing forests better. Because if we don't do anything about climate change, then the earth is going to keep heating up more and more. The heat waves will get worse and the fires will, will be even worse than we saw this summer. So we have to act on all these fronts. We can't just pick one or the other. We have to do better forest management. We have to start looking at uh, where people should and should not be living. You know, does it make sense for people to be living in, a, in an area with extremely high risk of wildfire? And we also need to act on climate change. We need to do all of those. And we can. We have, we have good ways to, uh, to act on all of these issues. Is anybody listening to what scientists are telling us about climate change? Uh, the good news is we are on some positive trends, uh, both you know, in terms of awareness. I think a lot more people are aware of climate change and aware that it is caused by human beings emitting greenhouse gases, especially carbon dioxide. More and more people understand that connection. Uh, and also our fossil fuel use worldwide is expected to peak very soon. So there's a, a rapid deployment going on now of clean energy, especially of wind and solar. And that's displacing the old fossil fuel energy sources, especially coal is going way down. Uh, and, and that's leading to cleaner air and it's leading to fewer emissions that will help us to reverse the, the, the trends of climate change. So there are good things happening. And in the last Congress, there is a very important bill that passed called the Inflation Reduction Act. And that act made the single largest investment in clean energy in history, almost $370 billion of tax incentives to build out clean energy like solar and wind. So all of these things are positives and, and we need to celebrate that and, and, uh, and be happy that we are starting to, to turn the corner. The issue is we need it to happen faster because we know that the more emissions that accumulate up in the atmosphere, then the worse our ultimate global overheating is going to become. So we do have uh, more work in ahead of us. And I'm happy to tell you a little bit about the policies that Citizens Climate Lobby is, is now advocating for. I'd like that. So we continue to advocate for putting a price on carbon emissions. We think that that is the single most effective tool that we can use. Uh, and that's something that's been a focus of Citizens Climate Lobby for many years. But realistically speaking, looking at the Congress that we have today, we see our lowest hanging fruit in a new area that we are pushing. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you about this because I think if, if your listeners uh, had to do one thing to help this process along, they would help us to push the idea of permitting reform. So permitting reform sounds a little bit arcane. So let me, let me break it down for you. Uh, one of our key ways to address the climate crisis is to electrify everything, right? We want to change from gas-powered vehicles over to electric vehicles. We wanna replace gas-powered furnaces with electric-powered heat pumps. So uh, we wanna do this on all fronts in buildings and transportation. And 
that means we're going to have a huge demand for electricity. And we want to meet that demand with clean energy sources. So that means uh, we want to build a lot more wind and solar. And to build that wind and solar, we need large areas of land. And it's going to be primarily in rural areas. And we need to transport that clean electricity from those rural areas to cities where most of the energy demand is located. So that means we need to build, for example, new electric transmission lines. And the issue is that right now, that process is extremely slow. It takes on average about 10 years to build a new electric transmission line and about four and a half years to approve all of the environmental impact statements that are part of that process. And this has become recognized now in Congress as the major logjam in uh, climate policy. Both Republicans and Democrats are interested in acting on, on permitting reform. There's really a, a lot of interest on both sides of the aisle. And this is what we see as our best opportunity uh, in the coming months in Congress. I'm London Mitchell. My guest is Bob Clark Phelps, a volunteer with the Citizens Climate Lobby. We're talking about climate change, and it would seem, Bob, that we are in a battle to save the Earth. Yes, most definitely. I mean, uh, it doesn't take any real special skills to care about the future of our planet. Uh, all of us have some reason to care. Uh, for some people, it might be their their children or their grandchildren that we want them to grow up in a world that is similar to the one that we enjoyed. We want to be able to go outside in the summer and play uh, and, and not have to check the air quality index to find out if it's safe and healthy to do that, right? Um, so people do care and people want to be able to, to go to, to the lake or go to the river and fish. Um, they want to go out camping in the summer, right? We, we want to enjoy all these things. So as, as long as you care, there's always something you can do. And it can be as simple as sending an email to your member of Congress uh, and saying, I want you to take action on climate change. This is important to me, right? And they, these messages really do count. Um, there are staffers who spend their time each day tallying up how many people contacted the member of Congress's office and what they had to say. And the more they hear from us, the more messages they get saying, please take action on climate change. Please do something about permitting reform. Then the more likely it is that they're gonna move forward. Bob, tell us a bit about your organization, Citizens Climate Lobby. We uh, work at the grassroots. So the vast majority of us are all volunteers and we have about 200,000 supporters across the country. So the key thing is all those messages that I was talking about, those phone calls or emails to Congress, they work best when they're coordinated, right? We wanna all be getting our messages into Congress at the right time when there's legislation pending or an opportunity for legislation. And that's what Citizens Climate Lobby does. We keep track of what bills are pending in Congress, which ones might be introduced soon, 
And then we get information out to all of our supporters saying, hey, here's an opportunity. Permitting reform is a hot topic right now. Uh, there's support for it on both sides of the aisle. Now is the time to send that email. So we, we do this in a variety of ways. We go out and we do tabling at events. For example, we're going to be at the farmer's market in, in Bowling Green in July. Uh, we uh, give presentations to local civic groups. Uh, recently, one of our members gave a presentation to the League of Women Voters in Bowling Green to let people know that there are good solutions for climate change and let them know how they can act on that. And we work on getting endorsements. So for example, we've helped to secure the endorsement of the Toledo City Council uh, a couple of years ago when they endorsed the carbon fee and dividend policy that the Citizens Climate Lobby supports. So these are all ways that people can get involved. You don't have to necessarily come to meetings every month. Uh, we do have meetings in both Perrysburg and Toledo every month, but uh, if, that doesn't fit your schedule, uh, you can simply sign up at citizensclimatelobby.org and you'll get uh, an email whenever there's an action that's particularly important. Or you could sign up to get these alerts as text messages on your phone if that's more convenient for you. And when you get these messages, you'll know, okay, here's something you can do this month. Here's a bill that we're working on. Please send a message to Congress. And the text will even tell you, you know, here are some talking points you can use. Here's what we recommend that you write. You can tailor the message in your own way and, and it'll provide the right contact points who, to tell you who your members of Congress are that that message needs to go to. My guest, Robert Clark Phelps, a volunteer with the Citizens Climate Lobby chapter in Perrysburg. The website address is citizensclimatelobby.org. I'm London Mitchell, inviting you to join me next week for a chat about other activities going on that help make Northwest Ohio the place to be.